Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kind of being part of the show. We are going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to have a great show for you today. How's everybody doing? I trust that you had a great weekend. Well, you know, just drove back in from KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. That's where I just drove in from. You know, I do the show Monday, Wednesday, Fridays there. I want to give both of my audiences a humongous thank you. Let me tell you, it was rough starting. You know, we have to raise, I think I have to raise something like 500 bucks a day or something like that at KPFT. You know, my, my show is three times a week and the time slots, it's a, it's a high traffic time slot, meaning noon hour, prime time kind of a deal in the afternoon, driving hours. And I got to raise a lot. And you know what? At first, it looked dubious. We, we started and the phones weren't ringing to give the contributions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, it started out with, believe it or not, the person who started our drive this morning for Politics Done Right was one from the PDR Posse. One from the PDR Posse who started, let me see if she's in, let's see, I don't see, I don't see her here yet. Alistair Waters was the one who was our first, our first Contributor to the KPFT PDR Posse, well, to KPFT today. Here's a great thing. She is now a voting member of the Pacifica Network. You know, Pacifica Network has five major stations. One in Houston, the one that I'm at, in LA, Berkeley, uh, Washington, D.C., and New York City. And... We have about, I get two, three hundred affiliate stations. I don't remember how many. I get, it always gets, even though I'm on the, the national board, I always forget the amount of stations we have. Anyhow, anyhow, uh, she started it. And after she started it, another one trickled in. And, you know, the general manager came and he pat me on the back and he said, I know, Egberto, it's a rough day today. You know, we are not doing very well today, Egberto, but, you know, you're, you're, you're holding your own. But you know what we all need to bring in for to keep that station viable. And then at the end of the day, just as I'm checking out, just as I'm checking out, I got three contributions. It's like the people were listening when I said when they knew that I had to make about 500 bucks per show at KPFT. And by the way, all of this goes to KPFT. All of that goes to KPFT. None of that comes to me like I do locally here. But they, you know, the people I, I, I was honest on air. This is what I need to raise for my channel. You know, this in this particular time slot. And the audience came through for me. And I think I, I, I ended up at 510 or something like that. Uh, I couldn't be happier with the listeners that we have in supporting public community radio to ensure that we can continue to give people truths, continue to give people information. It was great. So I want to thank all of you. And those of you in the, in the chat right now, Bleach, remember, you are now a voting member on the Pacifica Network. So when you get your vote, remember to vote for people who you, after you look at their resumes for the boards and all these things that they seem like, because we have listener memberships and staff memberships. I'm on the staff, I'm the staff director for KPFT on the national board. But uh, all of you are going to be voting people to Alistair Waters as well is a voting member at KPFT which means you get a vote in the entire national network. 
Uh, yeah, you 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 donate. You are. You already are. Uh, you guys donated. You donated. But I tell you what, Breach, I'm going to make sure that they, because I know you did it twice, that may, as long as they took all your information, you should be a voting member. I don't handle all the paperwork and all of that. But if when it's ballot time, if you don't get your ballot in, you know, like, hell, I'm going to make sure that Breach, MCP, and Alistair get your vote for the national board at KPFT. Anyhow, story for today or the title of the show today is I don't know. I don't remember, but I do remember that I placed it in the. Well, you guys, if, if you're on YouTube, you know what the title of the show is, but you know me. There's so many irons in the fire. It's like, OK, what was the title of the show? This one and not the other one. What's the title again? All right. Today's show title, 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 title is Pete Buttigieg shines. Ted Cruz embarrasses, uh, Ted Cruz embarrassed Larry Summers. And why did I just put Larry Summers? It should be Larry Summers did, you know, it's foolishness with the economy. GOP dummifying constituents. And the subtitle is Pete Buttigieg showed how Democrats must speak on CNN. Jonathan Carl embarrasses a clueless Marco Rubio. Larry Summers continues to opine and proved his economic incompetence and GOP succeeded in making its constituents ignorant. And those titles may sound interestingly, well, you know, I put, you know, I made a mistake inside of the title. I put Ted Cruz. I'm going to change that right now. I put Ted Cruz embarrassed. It's not Ted Cruz. It's Marco Rubio. How could I make that mistake? I'm fixing it right now. Update all. Marco Rubio. It's all updated on, on YouTube now. So if you do a refresh on YouTube, the title will come out correctly. All right. Okay. 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 Let's go ahead and introduce everybody. Welcome aboard. Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard. Larry, Larry Lee Grant. Welcome aboard. Melanie Keelan. Melanie, it was fun having you in our Ask Egberto, even though you were only there for a short time because you had to step out, but I'm just happy that you made it in. Julie Henderson, our latest uh, latest Patreon member. Thank you so kindly for being here, Julie Henderson. Love having you here. Likewise, I, I trust that all is going much better, my dear, beautiful lady. Bridge MCP, welcome. May Wood is in the house. Eric Hayes is in the house. Eric says, great. Ask Egberto, you guys missed out. Yeah. Uh, Eric was there at Ask Egberto, and we all we all had great constructive discussions. Michael Sousa is in the house. He says, Pete Buttigieg shine. Really, the guy is never at work. That's not true, Michael, brother Sousa. Stop listening only to right-wing news, brother. Come and listen. Well, I'm, you're here, so what can I say? I want to thank you for being here, Michael Sousa, because given your comment it seems to me that there's a good chance that you don't particularly like you know folks in the democratic party but i know you love politics done right whether you like me or not not important as long as you like our environment of being together and learning together chris maker welcome aboard how could you uh, make that mistake ted cruz has no sense of embarrassment <laughs> i know you're right chris maker you're absolutely right eric hayes says maywood would care so weakness and that in any side even bad oranges, man, weak. Oh, God. Eric, you know, let me tell you guys, all of you listening, Eric is not the same person when he's actually not in these commenting rooms. Actually, I mean, he has his, his own very strong opinions, but he's great. That's all I'm going to say. He's great. He's great. All right. Um, 
Let's see what else we have. Lee Grant says, Gilberto, I saw how you were able to get words like transportation, body gig, and deflate all in the same sentence. Was that ingenious or what? Tell me about it. Tell me about it, Lee Grant. All right, we got Julie Henderson says, the China balloon was Trump's Amazon order. I know they brought it there, but it kind of missed Florida by two states, right? But anyhow, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, anybody that I forget to call, we had Eric Hayes, Bridge MCP, uh, ATL, Paul Fleming checking in. And of course, we have Melanie Keelan from uh, Barcelona, Spain. And we have Michael Rodnin, who is in the house, as well as E2247. Uh, and uh, let's see who else did I miss Lee Grant I called out I'm going scrolling up scrolling up scrolling up Yvette Avery Herod you know I love me some Yvette because Yvette is our union hero you know I from the time I got introduced to her I had this uh, this gravitation towards her because she is an activist's activist and she's lived through so much of what corporations do to union folks and folks that are trying to make life better for other workers. So great to see you here, Sister Yvette Avery Herod. Uh, Michael Rodden, of course, is here. Okay, let me see. Bridge MCP says two EMTs, a fire lieutenant, and one more police officer fired entire Nichols case. The medical technicians did not treat Nichols for 19 minutes. 19 minutes is basically enough time to watch a sitcom without commercials cook a frozen pizza in the oven at 400 degrees or walk one mile at a leisurely pace. Though they assisted Nichols slumped over on the ground and handcuffed in sitting up a few times, they did not take his vital signs, provide him oxygen, or even gave him a physical examination. Sandridge, who is certified to administer IV lines and monitor cardiac activity as an advanced EMT, did neither. An investigation concluded. Like, you know, these, these, Police officers, all of them, irrespective of race or anything, they treat a certain sect of us as not human, as animals. And to put it bluntly, I don't even know if that's a fair statement because they would not treat a dog the way they treated um, the, the way they treated Ty Tyree Nichols. They would not treat a cat the way they treated Tyree Nichols. They won't treat a monkey the way they treated Tyree Nichols. The inhumanity with which police officers so often treat human beings is shameful. And especially, you know, people say, well, you know what they, they encounter? You remember that police officer that I had on? That police officer said, when you go into these neighborhoods, the these poor neighborhoods that have a lot of violence, eventually you start yourself to get prejudice against these folks. And that's where I told the, 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 the officer that, that I spent some time on the phone at KPFT with, I told him, and that's why you're, that's why you're supposed to be trained. That is why we invest money in training you because you should know better. You should, your training as a police officer should have you overcome your own personal stereotypes by design. You know? And, and your intellect, knowing not only the thugs in the hood or whatever, should allow you to, like myself, how I got out of the phobias and, and, and prejudices that I had. Your intellect can take over, 
You know, I don't look at all those folks that have been offensive to me as a class based on race or anything else. I look at it on the individual basis. We have to learn to disassociate that. Unfortunately, we have a Republican Party that tries to equate or segment people in such a manner that others think all of those people are that way. And that is what we have to get away from. That's what we have to get away from. Thank you for that, uh, Bridge MCP. Maywood says, I wanted to ask Egberto if he and Ashley listened to the podcast. I sent them about how some states are trying to redefine how they define black. I got the podcast. I set it away to listen to it. Um, May and I didn't. I forgot. I have to be very honest with you. I simply forgot. But now that you remind me, I'm going to try to get some time to sit down and listen to that redefinition of race, uh, however it's put. Anyhow, but thank you for that. Uh, let's see. Uh, para ver, I'm, I'm scrolling down before I go to my first video, before I go to my to make sure I capture anything people want to say. Rubio did good on Tapper. Uh, I don't Rubio on Tapper. I did. I saw. I saw Rubio not on Tapper. I think I saw Rubio on uh, this week. I didn't see what he said on Tapper. Uh, let's see what we got here. Pete Buttigieg shines. Really, the guy it never works. Michael Salsa, stick around, brother. Stick around. Stick around. Uh, sorry, I missed it. Woke up a little late, and by that time, I thought of it. It was too late. Not only was it too late, brother Maywood, I started it an hour late because I, I, my the Ashley's church came over here with cameras and microphones and boom mics and all of that to interview her because she's getting an award. Actually, it's a pretty big award she's getting at church. They're honoring her and a few others at the church, um, and so you know. Um, they, they brought all the boom and they wanted to speak to her parents as well as her or whatever. And it kind of extended in time. So what can I say? Had to postpone it for another hour. And luckily, we still had quite a few of you that showed up. I just love my peeps. That's what, when people, when I, when I, when I, um, I'm on my show and I say, I love my peeps. People think, oh, you're just saying that. No, I love my peeps. You know, because we have fun together and we support each other, all that good stuff. All right, Tom C is in the house. He says, half New York Times, up at 2-5. Doctors are demoralized by our health system. The United States is the only large high-income nation that doesn't provide universal health care to its citizens. Very true. I did health care at the KPFT show. I didn't know if I was going to get to it today. I rarely am able to do that because, again, my wonderful people usually take over the show like Tom is right now. Instead, it maintains a lucrative system of uh, profit medicine. For decades, at least tens of thousands of preventable deaths have occurred each year because health care here is so expensive. Exactly. Exactly. I want, you know, and given that you've said that, right? I want to play, I, I want to see if I can play it later, uh, what this woman had to say about uh, health care in, in Canada. But I'll play my piece that I, that I did to her. Julie Henderson says, the point of Tyree Nichols' event, the poll com was the only evidence. Without that, it wouldn't be known. Imagine that, eh? The poll camera was the magic. All right, let's see. Bridge MCP says, Egberto won for the show. Billionaires are okay with you dying. Why is anyone okay with this? All right, here we go for what Bridge wants to put on the screen. And here we go. It says, 
If a monkey hoarded more bananas than it could eat, while most of the other monkeys starved, scientists would study that monkey to figure out what the heck was wrong with it. When humans do it, we put them on the cover of Forbes. Wow. Bridge, I love it, baby. I love it. That makes a whole lot of sense. E2247 says five cars of the toxic chemical vinyl chloride uh, were or in danger of exploding. Other cars have benzene residues and other crap to kill folks thereabouts. Bomb train for sure. Total evacuation going on. Yep, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad. Individual states define black. Amazing. Um, what do you, I don't know what you mean by that, Brother Grant. Explain what you mean by that. Julie Henderson says, Bridge, all good possible pulmonary embolism, follow up with cardiologists. Huh? Oh, what is that about a cardiac embolism? You're going to have to tell me a little bit more about that. Did I miss a message or something? All right, Eric Hay says, Pete can't even get potholes fixed. Again, following right-wing media, be careful. All right, Maywood says, well, I'm afraid I need to get going. Things take to care of later, everyone. See you tomorrow. Thank you for just showing up here, brother uh, Maywood. You know, the fact that people have other things to do and just kind of make a show in here to say hi. Love my peeps. Thank you so kindly for even showing up, sir. And of course, Julie says, Chris Micah, Ilan Omar will still retain her unofficial foreign affairs position because she is respected worldwide. Exactly. But he says, Egberto, remember Julie had a heart attack? Yes, I do remember. But I didn't. I know, but what what is it about the pulmonary embolism? Two different things. A heart attack is a is, is a blockage in the heart. The pulmonary embolism stops oxygen. I guess a pulmonary embolism can cause a heart attack. Okay, stand corrected. All right, let's go to our first video. The first one that I'm going to do has to do with, um, with Pete Buttigieg because I love the way Pete Buttigieg took care of this. Check this out. Then we'll take it on the other side, my peeps. Pete Buttigieg, Transportation Secretary. He is President Biden's best spokesperson. And I think this guy should be on every network, every day, just talking about uh, uh, Biden's policies. I want you to take a listen to this and then we'll give a slight analysis at the end. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. He'll be 81 on Election Day in 2024. Uh, Republicans such as Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley uh, are already seeming to make a generational argument. Uh, you made a similar generational argument when you were running uh, against uh, Joe Biden for president yourself. Are you worried that it could work in 2024? Generational arguments can be powerful. As you said, I've, I've used them myself. The most powerful argument of all is results. And you can't argue, at least I, I would say, you can't argue with a straight face, uh, that it isn't a good thing that we have had 12 million jobs created under this president. And by the way, uh, a lot of the jobs are in manufacturing. As, as somebody who grew up in the industrial Midwest, uh, it's been so moving to see hundreds of thousands of good-paying manufacturing jobs being created, including in rural areas, small towns and places like uh, Tennessee and, and Louisiana and Georgia and Indiana. Uh, the kind of growth that benefits the entire American people. And I think when you look at that, 
when you look at what America was up against when President Biden took office and what has been delivered, again, just in these first two years of this administration, let alone what's possible as we actually start entering more and more, for example, of the construction phase on the infrastructure law. Mm -hmm. I think those results are going to continue to accumulate. People will uh, toss whatever argument they can into the mix that they think is going to benefit them the most. But at the end of the day, you can't argue with the extraordinary accomplishments more than almost any other modern president that the president Biden has achieved again under the toughest of circumstances. This is why Pete Buttigieg is effective. Notice what uh, Jake Tapper did in the preamble. Jake Tapper made sure to remind Pete Buttigieg that he once used ageism against President Biden. In fact, he spoke about generational change. That is Pete Buttigieg, just like many of the new entries or the people who are expected to enter the Republican race are talking about generational change, etc., which would hit Biden pretty hard, right? Because he's going to be 81, I think, when he, if he's reelected. Now... Watch what Pete Buttigieg did. What he did was he first said generational change is in fact important. But you know what beats generational change? Effective leadership, successful accomplishments, accomplishments that help the American people going forward. More so than just somebody being young. But the second thing he did is how he pivoted. He pivoted from the ageism question, the question of age, and then immediately moved into the successes of the administration. But he didn't only do it as the successes of the administration, but the localized successes of the administration. In other words, how it affects Indiana, how it affects Tennessee, how it affects Georgia, how it affects Michigan, how it affects all these areas where he knows that the Republicans are going to go in and try to create a narrative, not only on ageism, but on the success of the Biden administration. So he brought that immediately. These are where these items are running. And then he didn't make it a one-stop issue. In other words, it's not, we passed a law, we got the spoils and it's over next item. He made it clear that all these issues that were all these policies that were changed in this administration are going to be in effect over time. So a lot of them are coming to fruition this year. A lot of them will be coming to the fruition next year so that we will have an ongoing, a constant feeding of these policies very effectively said without any major emotions just in a manner that somebody drinking a cup of coffee will say oh yeah that's right when somebody goes into the voting booth and they have a new guy to vote for and maybe this older guy that uh, he's kind of older um well you know what we know what we got now after all that is said after all that is said I think it's incumbent on Democrats to have a backstop. It's incumbent because after all, the guy is going to be 81 uh, if he gets reelected. And the backstop should be Biden has to be a part of watching where he's at from a health standpoint and be given cues 
not necessarily publicly, but internally for someone who can effectively take on the mantra to win. Now, you guys know where I come from. I want somebody much more progressive than but than um, President Biden. But again, any progressive coming into the fold has to pre-sale. We know most Americans are progressives, but but the way the narrative goes, they are fearful of uh, whenever a real progressives come into the fold. It is incumbent on progressives to sell their message in a palatable form to the vast majority of Americans that tie it into what they want, because we know what progressives are selling is exactly what Americans say they want to buy. Great job by Pete Buttigieg, best spokesman in the administration. 10 out of 10 this morning. Absolutely so. Absolutely so. Anyhow, 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 anyhow. Deborah Mo, I mean, Moyer says pulmonary embolism can go anywhere to cause damage. Thank you that. But then Julie made sure to school me. She says a heart attack and pulmonary embolisms feel the similar. So I imagine uh, you're not sure if you had a heart attack or pulmonary embolism. I, that's what I'm assuming based on your answer. Anyhow, Tom C says, I hope uh, to, to Julie, hope you're getting better. You see, I, li- I like this community. We all communicate among each other. No, we're family. Anyhow, continuing, we got E2247 says 40% of animals and 34% of plants in the United States are at risk of extinction, while 41% of ecosystems are facing collapse. Terrible. First report of its kind. But he says, Egberto, did you get to watch? And I think not. Why did you think not? Actually, you're right. I didn't watch it yet. Uh, actually, wait, hold on. I'm saying I didn't watch it yet. Like if I knew you sent something. Please tell when you send me something or that 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 I need to like watch right away bridge or something. Uh, don't forget to send me a text. You got my stuff because usually you give me some great stuff to take a look at. Beautiful. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Lee Grant says may mention the podcast about redefining black. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Lee Grant. I got to check out the podcast before I really know what it's talking about. But thank you for putting that up. All right, we've got, what else have I, did I miss anything? Anytime I go scroll past anything you guys want me to talk about, remember to just throw it in the, in the feed again. All right, Michael Ronin says EABC News. Oh, I did that. Al- he spoke about that already from E2247. Those toxic uh, trains that derailed. Um, look, that it, that we transport toxic chemicals by rail, just one of those things we probably have to. The one thing I want to get out of that story, however, is uh, some people try to give the belief that the only people that make errors are government, we the people. But we the corporations, look, errors are made. And this could be, it's a bad thing. It could be an error that was just something that happens. We take care of it. We make sure that we take care of our surroundings and we clean up the mess that we created out of this crap. Um, anyhow, moving on. Bridge also, I mean, rather, ABQ also put East Palestine, Ohio Fire Department Chief Keith Drabik said at a news conference, we had a drastic change in the chemical inside the tank cars that we've been in, uh, concerned about and watching all day, the vinyl chloride. We are at a risk now of catastrophic failure of that container. Measures are being taken to try to control that and prevent that. Oh, they come out and say that now. That stuff likely is going to blow. 
I didn't know that chemical was unstable. Learn something every day. I didn't know that chemical was unstable. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Michael Runner says, Michael Settles, conservatives. I saw something from Michael Settles says, if you had our financial portfolio, you could throw your penny jar away. Quit flattering yourself with inane. Oh, FFs, if you had our financial portfolio, you would throw. I don't know what Settles is talking about, but once you mention the word portfolio, you kind of pique my interest because... You know, when we start talking about um, when we start talking about these issues, I guess, it, let's see, Michael Settle says he should start with a fat mouth little man. Quit flattering yourself with inane gibberish and supporting your oppressor, you. OK. All right. I'm trying to follow this down, this down. Michael Settle's conservatives have an unfortunate pattern if they can be convinced they are better than someone else usually because that someone else has been stopped on stomped on stepped on there they'll support whoever it was who said they were better off even if such was conf a comforting lie you're busy bridge mcp replies yeah bridge, but look um yeah i'm busy you're busy too everybody here is busy you know, this is what I chose to do. You do other things. We are all busy. No one busy is better than the other busy. <laughs> you know, um, uh, no business better than the other busy. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got. Daniel Ledo is in the house. He says, Michael, settle. Why so angry, bro? <laughs> I love how Michael running. I love Michael. Michael would tell you, why are you so angry? And I bet if we voted on the angriest person in the room, I bet, Daniel, you will come in at close first or second. I bet. But your family, man. All right. Michael Rundin, that's a one to Eric Hayes. Anyhow, let's see what else we got here. Julie Henderson says, prejudice definitions are different on paper versus in person. Police department was investigated for prejudice claim. Data placed Latinos as white, but in person, Latinos are treated black. And here's, here's the thing. I'm a Latino, but I'm a black Latino, right? I have always hated the Latino classification and that we use in the United States. And the reason why I hated the Latino classification is because um, Latino is not a race. So in Panama, in Mexico, in Venezuela, you have blue eyed, blonde, Latinos with a name like Rodriguez, right? If they come to the United States, the only thing would allow a cop to treat them any different would be that they found out their name was Rodriguez. But if, if, a, if a Latino or Latina came to the United States who's blue-eyed blonde and changed your name to uh, Amy, Amy Dunces or whatever... Nobody would even decide to call them Latinos, but she's a Latina. Why is she from a Spanish-speaking country like I am, or a Spanish-speaking, a Latin, Latin-speaking country, meaning Portuguese, Spanish, or whatever, right? But that's not what's done, anyhow. Um. So, and and, and even in, within the Latino community, when I go to conferences and they'll they'll have 
a, they'll separate, they'll have the conferences and then they'll have breakout areas, right? And they'll have a breakout area for African-Americans and a breakout area for Latinos like that. And, and to which I would always say it makes no sense, right? Because I want to go to both of them. I want to go to the African-American. I'm not African-American. I'm black, but I like to go to the African-American stuff. And I like to go to the, uh, to the Latino stuff. And here's why I have been forced to say like, Oh, I'm not African-American. I'm black. I support a movement or was supportive of a movement called ADOS. Uh, American descendants of slaves have a movement trying to put, you know, support for reparations, etc. And I was promoting that movement on, uh, on, on, in several blogs, etc. And with a friend of mine and, you know, she looked at me straight out and told me, um, Oh, with all I do, etc. Please remember that you are not a DOS. And I said, okay. And then she said, like, uh, so, you know, what we're fighting for, whatever, even, you know, when reparation comes or whatever, this isn't something that you, not that I'm trying to get reparations. I'm not, you know, I really don't give a flying water, but I do know that a lot of the conditions require reparations for a lot of people, in my humble opinion. Anyway, so I started to get this vibe that says, remember, you ain't ADOS. You're not ADOS. I still support the movement, but I support the movement with a caveat. I support the movement with a caveat because I think they try to create uh, differences among people that's not justified. You know, but anyhow, so, so whenever, you know, so I, I don't run in, I don't run out and say, oh, I'm African-American or anything like that. I just always tell people I'm black, I'm Latino, I'm Caribbean. Since all this modification and so seem to have created some issues. All right. Eric Hayes says the $20 million sidewalk on behalf of the infrastructure bill is really great expenditure of taxpayer money. I haven't seen the $20 million sidewalk. You may want to give me a link to it so that I can verify it, but I can guarantee you there's going to be some story behind it that the right wing exploited, you know. But he says, you asked for video of the knee on neck here in Birmingham. News and video is limited. I sent and will again. Oh, that, I forgot, I forgot. I did see the video on the, the knee on the neck. So I'm sorry, Bridge. I was thinking outside of myself. I did watch the video. Likewise, I also called Rose William, who was pepper sprayed. She didn't go to, she didn't get arrested, but she was pepper sprayed and she gave me the whole lowdown of, uh, of, of the incidents that were going on as well. I think it's in Binghamton, Bing, Bing New York. All right, Lee Grant, there is a breakout, it says, is there a breakout session for white people? <laughs> oh, Lee, it's going to be too complicated for me to talk about this one right here on the show right now. And I probably won't spend a lot of time talking about stuff like that. But, but when you and I have coffee, like we're supposed to, like you're supposed to come to KPFT with me, we're going to have a long talk about that. And by the time the conversation is over, I guarantee you, Brother Grant, you are going to have a mind change, a mindset change. All right. 
Let's continue. Eric Hayes is talking about a heated sidewalk project as well as necessary repairs. I mean, it's not that bad of an idea, especially a proof of concept. What's the beef? Don't know. ABC News Hillbrook County leaders approved $20 million for sidewalk repairs. Okay, I'll read that story afterwards. Uh, Bridge MCP gave me the ADAS Foundation statement. Thank you, guys. Next video. Let me go give a startup. You know, Mar Marco Rubio went on to ABC, with, I think it was this week on ABCs, and was answering questions about the balloon. I have some statements to make about the balloon. But first, I want you to listen to Marco Rubio. Listen to how he got dinged by um, Jonathan Carl, and then we'll take it on the other side. Uh, but I have some important things to mention about that balloon. Check this out. He shot it down when he shot it down based on the advice of, of the military. You don't think he should have order, ordered it to be shot down earlier against the advice of, of, of the Joint Chiefs, do you? Well, I think it first begins by understanding when did we first track it over airspace. Uh, theoretically, if it entered to Alaska, NORAD, it's our system of spotting things and protecting both American and Canadian airspace, should have spotted it a lot earlier. So I'd love to hear from military officials about why wasn't it addressed earlier? What were the options at that point? Again, look, maybe in a closed session or maybe in the settings of uh, with the benefit of hindsight, they'll have some real good arguments about why it couldn't be done. I recognize that you shoot something out of the sky that's the, si that's the size of three buses and it lands in the wrong place, it could hurt, harm, kill people or damage infrastructure. But by the same token, I think that if that was the case, then I think it really would have been helpful for the President of the United States to get on national television and explain to the American people, this is what we're dealing with, this is what I'm going to do about it, and, uh, and this is why I haven't done it yet. None of that happened, and I don't know why, and in fact, I don't know why they waited so long to tell people about this, and uh, uh, if they knew the trajectory that it was on, it seems, from late last week. All right. Early and, 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 and we're, we're also told, by the way, that, uh, that this happened three times under the previous president. Obviously, there were no public notifications there. We see how he got dinged. Oh, by the way, the previous administration had uh, three of these occurrences. No public notifications. You didn't complain about that either, even though you're on the Intelligence Committee. Right, right, right. But here is my concern. Uh, under the previous administration, that miss, that information wasn't released. I don't even think we should have spoke about that information either. Because if you have a foreign government flying something over your airspace that isn't immediately dangerous, but if you if you give the impression that it is undetected, that it that you know it's passing there and China, you don't raise a big stink about it. You get a chance to analyze Chinese method of spying on you. So by the, the, the Republicans making a big hullabaloo of this, what they've done is hurt the American people, hurt our spying capabilities, hurt the ability that we had to learn further from this. Example, I write software. I not only do I write software, I used to write software for microcontrollers. And there are things in there that we can write to under over to destruct uh, code and all of that. So here's the deal. They hope to pass undetected, right? There's all this commotion about uh, this this spy balloon. Now, Russia, I mean China now realizes we are caught red-handed. Suppose there was some sophisticated equipment in there to do something we never thought about doing. We don't know. So what happens then? 
inside of the microcontrollers that are figuring information, we fry it. And I'm not talking about with explosives or anything like that. We have circuitry in there that fries our code so that it cannot be reversed engineered. But if we kept quiet and as soon as it crossed the, 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 the coast, bring it down without telling anybody we're bringing it down and then collect all the information before China believed it had some, some reason to auto-destruct or do whatever it would do to prevent people from understanding, it would have made a lot more sense. So you would think these are intelligent politicians, senators at least. You would think there's some semblance of intelligence there, but there was none. You want... You want, you have this stuff under surveillance. You know if that wherever it's passing, you can stop transmissions. You can stop all these things that this stuff can be. Not only that, if, if it's retransmitting information to a Chinese satellite or whatever it's transmitting to, guess what you know? Since you will be monitoring it, and since you also know what this device is doing, you are able to copy everything that it's transmitting elsewhere but now that everybody knows we're following this this uh this this balloon china just goes into a mode that says oh we are in salvation mode now we are just a weather satellite it is amazing to me that the biden administration it is amazing to me that the news media would not go out there and attack all of those who actually affected national security by not allowing our national... Because having Americans know that a Chinese balloon is flying overhead, what does it do for our national security? When we would hope that just like... And, and by the way, this is the least of what they do. They are inside of computers right now in the Pentagon and elsewhere where we have officials just watching what they're doing to learn the techniques that they use. Right? But no! Or, or do we have Marco Rubio asking about anything like that? No, he's not. So it is sad. It is sad that we, with this Chinese balloon, did not have intelligent senators and also, I think it's, uh, it's political malpractice for the Biden administration not to have come out and really let them have it for messing with our national security by putting, by creating all these stories that further gave China an upper hand. Okay, that is my important piece that we need to talk about when we talk about the balloon story, the Chinese balloon story. Anyhow, uh, anyhow, 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 continuing. Uh, what else have we got here? What else have we got here? Let's see what else we got here. Uh, uh, yes, Rose told you as well. Uh, we had uh, Gutierrez laid out his priorities for the year in a gloomy speech in the UN Assembly to focus on Russia's invasion. Uh, I'll change that. Let's see. Bridge MCP says cut in infrastructure money for communities hurt by highways disappoints advocates. The Reconnecting Communities Initiative aimed to help cities rectify damage caused by uh, highways built through minority neighborhoods. The bipartisan infrastructure bill 
cut it by 95%. Typical, you know, poor people, they don't get the spoils, right? You know, they're like, oh, they paid the, well, you know where I'm going with that. All right, let's see. Uh, China has been, from Rudden, China has been flying surveillance balloons over our nation since Trump. This was never a concern until people like you got scared over them. When the balloon was down over the Atlantic, the debris field ran for miles. The hill, Marjorie Greens calls the uh, probe into why Trump was unaware of previous Chinese balloons. Look, folks, let me tell you something. Like I said, it is important for us to, um, to call out these pseudo uh, pseudo intellects in 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 uh, in Senate because they are affecting and hurting our our country. All right, let's see what else we got here. Love Buddy Gage, intelligent and effective communicator, and respects all people, including Republicans. From Julie Henderson, E two two four seven says, Indigenous hero Leonard Peltier, uh, Peltier, in uh, plea for clemency, starts forty eighth year in jail. Potus Biden, free Leonard. Egberto Willis, don't worry, peeps, we sent one to them. Oh, I love... <laughs> Bridge, I needed, I needed some laughter. I needed some laughter. There is one we sent them. I wish we could blow up, um, blow, blow up, blow up Donald Trump until he floated him and send him out to China. That's what we would need to do. All right, Julie Anderson says, China, we're probably hoping U.S. would blow balloon and not have any evidence. Yep, yep, yeah, but they know that we're going to do this. Uh, let's see, we got Daniel Edo says, you would think Egberto was intelligent enough to understand that the data goes to China in real time. Intercepting the data does nothing to keep the data out of Chinese hands. You would think that an intelligent person like Daniel Ledo would know that somebody who programs microcontrollers would understand that. And that is the reason why I said we could stop on the ground transmissions so that whatever it is China collected would mean nothing at the same time that we learn how they communicated with their, with their device. Daniel, this isn't rocket science. Like I said, just, just let me pat myself on the back. I am the one who designed the software system for SolarFlow or the, the, the upgraded the software system for SolarFlow Plus used by Daniel to transmit data from the middle of the desert while keeping much of it on board until a new communication link could be established. Look, brother, I understand these concepts quite well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, more than anything else, all of you who made a big hoopla about this balloon thing, you did a disservice to the United States. That balloon thing had no big power over us. What's more dangerous is the infiltration of our networks via some other network in China. And that's a fact, Jack. All right, let's continue. Intellectual is not needed with a balloon shoot down over the Pacific, over Punta Final. No, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have talked about it in the first place. And you don't need to shoot the balloon down. Uh, you want, in fact, you want the, you want to see what they intend to do with this balloon. You wanted to see what they intended to do with this balloon. And we did. AVQ, why are you leaving so early? You're leaving, oh, eight minutes early. That's not all that early after all. All right, let's see. Government probably instructed all not to shoot it down over Montana or Missouri. Boober and NRA would have had target practice. <laughs> they had, that's how these how lack of intellect these guys are. They thought shooting up in the air would somehow reach the balloon. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Egberto, Trump did go to China. Oh, he did go to China. Let's see what else did breathe. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bridge. Why are you so bad, Bridge? Why are you so bad? All right. I got to go with this other video real quickly. Um, on uh, And this one is about uh, Chuck Tad and data, data Dump. It shows why many of our Republican colleagues or Republican friends are so ill-informed. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side because a lot of the misinformation, why I continue to throw love on my Republican brothers and sisters is I understand their news news sources and their and the politicians that they trust are screwing them over. Check this out. This news was just the latest flare-up in what has become a deeply polarizing and partisan divide in how Americans view public education, both in our uh, public schools and in our universities. Look at this confidence in public schools. Look, Democrats have more confidence than Republicans, but look at this fall-off since the start of this century. Republicans and Democrats, you know, were are pretty close. And then basically the pandemic, and you can see the nosedive here down to just 14% of Republicans have confidence in public schools. If you think about all the rhetoric by Republican officials, it's no wonder. Then check this out. Is college the best way to get ahead? Among Democrats, basically nearly three and four Democrats believe this. Look at this divide. Among Republicans, less than 40% believe this. And you sort of see it, right? Again, the idea of attacking liberal indoctrination. And where do you get that? Liberal propaganda. Does colleges do this? Democrats, only 17% believe this happens there. 83% of Republicans believe that. And of course, in our high schools, the numbers are basically the same. Only 16% of Democrats believe it's you're being taught liberal propaganda. But 85% of Republicans now believe this. Talk about a divide. This is a massive one, and it's taking place at every local public school in the country. Up next. And that is a problem. Remember the Know Nothing Party? Uh, the Republican, the current Republican Party is creating something that is much more dangerous than the Know Nothing Party, right? Uh, and it's sad because when you hear the type of idiocy that comes out of the mouth of otherwise intelligent people, you understand that what we're looking at is the decline of a particular sect in this country. And the decline of a particular sect in this country is not, it's not something we want to laugh about. It's not something that we want to cherish. It's not something that we want to just say, oh my God, you know, uh, you know, so look how stupid these people are. They're not. They're just, they, they have just allowed car the carnality of the message to take hold. To think 71% versus 36% of thinking that college won't do a thing for you. Look, I believe there are a lot of jobs that don't need college. But my God, don't put that out there that somehow college is not important because that is in effect what they use to attack you. It's terrible. It should stop. We need to really be out there promoting the message. Last video that I need to get out, Larry Summers. He was the guy that talked about we're going into a heavy recession. Larry Summers, this economist that just believes we need a certain amount of unemployment, a very, uh, you know, it's supposed to be a progressive economy. It's not a, it's just a neoliberal who thinks very little about anything other than neoliberal policies. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. 
for the last few months that the people who felt a soft landing was likely had gotten very optimistic. You know, somebody like Paul Krugman was saying, all the evidence is pointing in the direction that inflation has cooled. But in any advanced industrial economy, wage inflation is the most important thing. And does this tight job market get two vacancies for every person looking? Does this show that you still have a real inflation problem? Fareed, you're asking the right question and nobody can know the answer for sure. sure. I've said often that soft landings are, as Samuel Johnson said of second marriage, the triumph of hope over experience. But from time to time, hope does triumph over experience. So it looks more possible that we'll have a soft landing than it did uh, a few months ago. My continued fear, though, is exactly the one that you described, that we had a set of uh, inflation indicators during 2022 that were very strong that have now come back to earth, but they're still too high. They're still unimaginably high from the perspective of two or three years ago, and that getting the rest of the way back to target inflation may still prove to be uh, quite difficult. So I'd say I'm encouraged, but it would be a big mistake to think that we were out of the woods. So one of the things that people wonder is, suppose we end up in this situation with three, three and a half percent inflation as the kind of norm rather than two percent, which is what most central banks target. Um, Is it worth triggering a recession to get inflation down? How should we think about that trade off between unemployment and inflation? So I think the most important thing to recognize about that trade-off is that it's a trade-off between short-run reductions in unemployment and permanent changes in uh, inflation. And so the benefit we can get from pushing unemployment low is on almost all economic theories likely not to be a permanent one. But if we push inflation up and those inflation expectations become entrenched, we're going to live with that inflation for a long time. And that is what makes Larry Summers completely wrong. He could be the most educated economist, but he's an educated economist in a particular economic system that doesn't have to be. So you may know everything he knows about a capitalist structure of this type. But what he fails to tell you, listen to what he says. Uh, 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 Very low unemployment is probably short-lived, but high inflation is probably likely long-lived. Both statements in a an economy that's based first on human beings and not capitalism is a false statement. And here's the deal. We can always have everybody employed as we want to because employment not handled by the private sector can always be taken over by the public sector. And secondly, inflation, we can put on windfall profit taxes onto these companies that give them an incentive not to inflate prices because the money is not going to be, since they're not going to be reinvesting the money into production, it'll come right back into the comp, into the, into the country's coffers because after all, it came from the people themselves in an economy that we created, in a society that we created, in a society that we protect with the military created by all of us.
So it's not about taking away, it's, it's taking away those, taking away from, taking away the spoils from those who pilfered said spoils. But you know, we don't have an economy like that. We have an economy that says we can take advantage of people as we please. Turns out it's four o'clock and I didn't give an ask. So I'm going to just give you one uh, donation link here, one support link that I'm going to ask you uh, to support us through because all our links can be found there. So please support Politics Done Right at this particular link at politicsunright.com slash support. I ask you so kindly to either buy a book, several books, or go to our stores, go to... Um, uh, go go sign up for PayPal, Patreon, YouTube, Facebook. We have many methods of which you can support us. We do need your support. We cannot do this without you. I trust that you'll go to politicsdoneright.com slash support and find some way to support our program. For all of you that, that spent some time with us, whether you decided to uh, leave us some, let's say, Egberto Willis, don't forget to charge on FB. Uh, to change on F to change on FB, Ted Cruz embarrassed. I will change it. Thank you so kindly, uh, my dear beautiful Bridge MCP. All right, uh, folks, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. Nanette Bird Smith, how you doing, my beautiful lady? This is Egberto. My oh, let me let, let me end it the right way. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what out. Where is it? There it is. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.